Gospel Message, Week 82 Don't run, stand. If we took on a task of conditioning ourselves to withstand cold temperatures, though we hate the cold, we would welcome the cold weather. Though unpleasant, we would invite more of it because without the cold, the conditioning of our bodies to withstand the cold cannot take place. Likewise, if we commit ourselves to run a marathon, we also take on the activity that prepares our bodies and conditions our bodies to endure the brutality of the many miles of running that a marathon entails. Though the conditioning may be hard physically and mentally, we welcome it because without the conditioning, we will not be fully prepared to optimally run the race. The same thing happens when we decide to fully trust God instead of trusting in our circumstances and in our experiences. When we commit our lives to Christ, he begins to condition us. This conditioning will often involve the frustration of everything that has served as a security to us in the past. Everything tangible that has served as assurance or confidence to us, Christ will allow those things to break or to wither. And sometimes he might even cause them to disappear altogether. But as the cold weather needs to exist in order for the conditioning of our bodies to happen, the eradication of our quote-unquote false gods must occur so that we may learn to be solely dependent on the one true God. Quote, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. End quote. Job thirteen fifteen. We have to stop resisting what the Lord allows to come our way. We have to stop resisting the hard things, the unpleasant things that the Lord allows to come our way. We call many of the events that happen in our lives disappointments. What we fail to see is that if we are in the process of spiritual growth, these events are not disappointments. Instead, we have to look at them as God's appointments. If they don't happen, how can we practice working out the grace that God has put into us? If there is no trial, how can we be called overcomers without having something to overcome? We call a thing a quote-unquote disappointment only because it is happening contrary to what we expected or what we would have preferred to happen. However, if we are walking and living in Christ, shouldn't we only be living to fulfill his expectations as opposed to continuously insisting on our expectations being met? If we still have expectations, then it is still I who lives and not Christ who lives within me, as referenced in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. We have to learn to allow what the Lord allows to happen 
in order to teach us, in order to condition us. All the while, while these appointments are happening because we live by faith and we walk by faith, not by sight. So when these appointments are happening, we have to seek Christ right in the midst of it, knowing that he will never allow us to take on more than we can bear. If he allows the trial, we cannot cower. We cannot freeze. We can't even flee. We have to stand, stand in Christ and walk through it. We have to trust him in those moments. In those moments, we draw upon his grace, the grace of that moment, his life in that moment, his strength, his wisdom in that moment, because that's the only way we can overcome by passing through that moment. In those moments, what we call disappointments, but again, we have to start looking at them as God's appointments. We have to stand in Christ, sink into his word, his assurances, draw on his power in that moment. And as long as it is him that we are looking on, and as long as it is him that we are cleaving to, then in those moments, we will stand. The whole while we are acknowledging the God that we serve, confident that not only does he see us while we're going through what we're going through, he is in the midst of it with us. He is building us up so that after he has brought us through those divine appointments, the goal is for us to now help a fellow brother or a fellow sister who might be going through the exact same trial. When we abide in Christ, in faith, in his word, by practice and also in spirit, it is Christ who now becomes our strength. It is Christ who now becomes our victory. A lot of us were good at being very theoretical Christians. It's, 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 we enjoy reading the Bible. We enjoy, you know, taking in the promises of God and, and, and the words of God, but it's, it's all in theory until it becomes practical. And, and the reality is that once it becomes practical, that's when we're kind of exposed for being the weak Christians that we are, because the first things out of their, out of our mouths in those moments is Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this? Why is that? We're questioning God. We're putting our hands on our head. We're crying. We're yelling and screaming. Oh, this is not what I signed up for. This is not this. This is not that. And it's, it's something that a, a lot of us do, especially in our infancy, during the infancy of our spiritual walk, because it's one thing to read that Bible. It's another thing to live that Bible, but we have to live it. The requirement is that we live it. Christ came to earth to fulfill the will of his father, but it wasn't the theory that happened when he was in heaven, when he, when the Lord said, who will go? And he says, I will go. That's the theory. The reality is what happened when he came down to this earth. 
when he was scourged for our transgressions. And they said he was sweating to the point that the sweat on his brow dropped like blood. That is the practical. So we too, the professors of Christ, the followers of Christ, the Christians, the ones who want to walk in the spirit and be, as we love to call it, Christ-like. Why do we think our experience is going to end in theory? It has to be practical. But when the practical happens, while it is going on, we have the victory of Christ already on our side. We are walking in victory. This is not an experimental practical work that we're doing. We're not trying to figure anything out. Christ has done it all. All he asks us to do is trust in him. And when those trials come, when those divine appointments come, we stand in him. We don't run. We don't act like the unbelievers do. We don't act like theoretical Christians, but we stand in his word, in his promises, in his life. When Christ becomes our life, everything that Christ is becomes who we are by the power of his life at work within us. Let me repeat that. When Christ, and think of this on a very, very practical level, when we now start to profess that Jesus Christ is our life, everything that Christ is now, not even just what he was when he was on the earth, but everything that he is now in victory, in power, seated at the right hand of God the Father in glory, descended down through the Holy Spirit into us in grace. Everything that Christ is becomes who we are by virtue of his life at work in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. For reference, read 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. So the question we need to ask ourselves now is, is Jesus Christ my life? Is he my entire life or just a portion of my life? Is he a Sunday Christ or a, uh, a hard time Christ or a answer my request Christ? Or is he my life? Am I fully surrendered to this Christ where it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me and he is now able to remake me, not spruce me up, not polish me and make me shiny, not even patch up the holes and bang out the dents. A new me, a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus where who I was before no longer exists because everything I do now, I don't do in my own strength, but I do in the strength of Christ who is my life. Because until we do this, until we sign up, until we are passionately committed to knowing him and becoming one with him, our perfecting can never take place. We will never stand 
in the midst of divine appointments. And when I say divine appointments, again, keep in mind, I'm talking about the things that we Christian calls, call disappointments because things are not going according to how we envision them. If you are a child of Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you will, and you say you are walking in Christ or living in Christ, we cannot call anything that comes our way a disappointment because we have to trust that the God who keeps us not only did he allow this thing to come our way, but he is with us in the midst of it. And he's not asking us to grit our teeth. He's not asking us to ball up our fists. He's not asking us to do anything except open up our hearts, become one with everything that he has assured us of, become one with every promise of his and trust him. This is what the Lord is asking us to do. And that is the perfecting. So the takeaway is the divine appointments will come for those who are the followers of Christ. The divine appointments will come for those who confess Jesus Christ with their mouth as Lord and Savior. But when those divine appointments come, as we are walking in him, as we are growing in him, as he is raising us up and making us perfect, even as our father in heaven is perfect. When those divine appointments come, friends of Christ, we don't run. We stand in Christ in the midst of whatever he has allowed to come our way, knowing and believing without a shadow of a doubt that the God who has brought us to this will bring us through this in Christ Jesus. May Christ, by his spirit that is love and power, help us to open our hearts to desire him and receive him according to the Father's divine will. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to make us stand in his presence blameless and with great joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be all glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, now and forever. Amen, 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 in the name of Jesus Christ.